All right, folks, you've been here for, for Trigger Happy Havoc, SDR2, Ultra Despair Girls, and now V3. We wanted to take a deep dive and uh, compare those those games and see what are the similarities chapter to chapter. We're finally in our V3 season, which means that we can finally share our opinions on all three games in relation to the chapters. But as a heads up, this will thus spoil the entirety of the Danganronpa season. <laughs> exactly. So get excited. We're we're going to spend this episode comparing chapter one from specifically the main three games. Um, I don't know if anyone has any additional thoughts from Ultra Despair Girls, but we'll just have to find out. We will. Um, and we'll be covering yeah. chapter two after the break. Without further ado, let's get started. I'm Maddie. I'm Marin. And I'm Caroline. And we're the Ultra Hope Girls. One. Two. Welcome to the Dong and Rumpa podcast. You're on the threshold of an amazing episode. Showtime. Yeah. Guys, this might this might this might be a rough recording session for me. <laughs> but bear with me. It's okay. I'm sorry your tongue hurts, dude. I was gonna say, so do you want to share with the audience why? It's so bad. Um we may choose to cut this out. I don't even know. Caroline, I'll leave it up to you okay. when you're editing later. But um, just before, about 10 minutes before we started to record this episode, I was eating dinner, listeners, and I bit my tongue so hard, <laughs> I bled from my tongue. And it is now 10 minutes later, and I'm no longer bleeding, but I'm in a lot of pain. And it's right on the tip of my tongue. The hurts. So. The hurts. Sorry. Speaking is a little bit difficult right now. <laughs> Maddie is here. If she's not as vocal, she's here in spirit. That's and right. physically also here, just not not speechfully here. I'll just I'll just be the laughing track for this episode. Good. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> that was horrifying. Oh. All right, trial 1. I basically came up with like a list of like things that happen at every trial one and like mm -hmm. and similarities between all of them um the first big one that i noted is that the first victim is always a character that you think is going to be important for the rest of the game <laughs> oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> absolutely and yeah. i think it's really impressive that they managed to surprise us three games in a row yeah like I mean, you guys know how shocked I was when Rantara was killed. Um, I was, like, so utterly shocked. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like, Sayaka, you think, is going to be, like, the love interest. Byakuya is, like, you think is back yeah. as Byakuya. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Rantara seems like he has something going on. And they literally, for it, it's it's not easy to surprise someone with the same kind of twist three times in a row. But they mm -hmm. did it. They managed to pull yeah. it out. And they even doubled it and gave it to the next person in V3. <laughs> With, um, <laughs> us not only being surprised by Rantaro, but then being surprised by Kaede. Yeah. That would be important. For yeah. Double it and give it to the next person. <laughs> <laughs> 
And the other thing is like with Sayaka, that's really interesting that I don't know if you guys know is in like, I believe it's like the demo version of the game or like some like pre-release version of the game. Um, the first victim was Yasuhiro. So it was to the point where they were that committed oh. to covering up the fact that Sayaka was going to be the first victim and, and like that committed to like, you know, that surprise element, you know? Um, yeah. And yeah, so that's just a kind of cool, fun fact that literally the audience's least expected person died. And there's always a character like Sayaka in relation to the main character, Makoto, in a lot of other a- anime and video game media. Um, and we think she's going to be his assistant. Which, yeah. speaking of assistance, <laughs> um, we always we always find out also that someone that's helping us is not who they say they are, are not being honest, right? So we have like yeah. Nagito and Kaede, yep, for Shuichi, and then um, Sayaka is the victim too. So, yeah, very true, and I feel like the victims as well wanted to kill for the most part um the victims usually had some sort of plan to either kill or stop an attack i mean we have saika who tried to kill leon we have in v3 um obviously kaede was trying to kill the mastermind and then in game two you could make an argument that tugami was I mean, I don't necessarily know that he was trying to kill someone, but he did take all the weapons at the very beginning of the party. I mean, he did go under the table to investigate like the the paint and whatnot. Um, so I don't know, maybe that one lesser. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that, but yeah. I feel like another common theme is that there was there's almost throughout all three of them this kind of like oops killed the wrong person (laughs) (laughs) oopsies in game one it was supposed to be leon who was gonna die because psycho's trying to kill him and oh how the turntables so there you go um and then in game two terra terra was aiming to kill nagito he didn't mean to kill byaki yet and then in game three um kaede was aiming for the mastermind who shouldn't know exactly who that was but Rentaro was in fact not the mastermind so it was like all three of them it's like oops <laughs> whoops <laughs> it's true and the motive feels a lot more um personal in in this case as well i mean i guess or or i should say the um as an audience we feel bad for every person who is executed i mean that that is true for i think most of these i would say but this case especially like because leon's like the you know we as an audience don't know that the trial is going to happen before leon kills so he thinks he's getting away with it right but so there is that sort of like oh man like yikes and like you know him being the first execution is really brutal and automatically we're like oh gosh and all yeah. of the executions following that have that same sort of feeling because like Teru Teru's like reasoning and backstory is so sympathetic and like quite sad. Um, honestly, as much as I hate that little guy. Um, <laughs> and then like Kaede, we feel bad for her because like she was trying to do the right thing, you know, in her own really silly way. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I actually feel like none of the murderers were following the motive that was presented. That's a good point. I think point. you could definitely make yeah. that argument because Sayaka wanted to 
kill to get her band back not leon leon mm-hmm. didn't kill for the motive Teru wasn't going to get like his he wasn't going to kill to get his memories back until the threat of someone else doing it was present like i feel yeah. like he was more motivated by speed and uh, like a reactionary kill like kind of we talked about in game two then um or not game two chapter two of v3 then actually following a motive um and then for kaede she killed to find the mastermind not to take advantage of the first blood perk right that's a good point yeah like the motive didn't really have a, a an impact on like the reason that they i mean it, it did in a way like where like sayaka was affected by the motive but like yeah but like the person who did the killing that's a really good point yeah. i would say out of the three of those probably teru teru's case followed the motive the intended motive most closely yeah i think because I agree you're right that. with those other two like with leon he completely was not that was not premeditated at all that was like oh shit she's trying to kill me <laughs> well i guess i'm gonna try to kill her back um and then in game three kaida was completely with her own plans you know so it's true yeah <laughs> and the other thing that is huge here is like we also have like a building on of plot reveals i feel so like game one we don't know a whole lot game two sort of like the beginning information that we have is like equal to the information we have at like the end of the game so it's almost like okay where could this go from here and then in game three we sort of have something very similar where it's like we have like a set amount of information but then the information that we don't know is that the protagonist that we're playing with is not going to be the protagonist for the rest of the game right that's like the escalation of information and then it's like okay where does it go from there kind of thing it's like building one after the other in a way that I think is really, um, really cool. Definitely. I'll be honest, I really only have one other thing to compare between the first three, which is there is a large theme of balls. And by that, I mean, uh, I could phrase that in a better way. <laughs> but you're <laughs> right. You're time. absolutely correct. I'm now realizing that. <laughs> <laughs> because game one we have the crystal ball that is hero's possession but it's used to throw and you know start the incinerator um and then in v3 we have the shot put ball um i don't really know is there a one in game two or is that am i maybe balls meat <laughs> meat ball meat on the balls meat on the balls meat on the- also in the first game leon <laughs> is killed with baseballs that is true that's very true mm-hmm. yeah ultimately, i mean like, baseball star. i mean balls are round teru teru is also fairly round it's a good point can't <laughs> argue with that <laughs> oh man oh, and the killer's yeah, all the killers killed who they didn't intend to kill, in a way. Like, Leon is more kind of, you know, but but Sayaka intended to kill Leon, and, you know, that didn't work out. And then um, Nagi, um, Teratero was trying to kill Nagito, because he was the one trying to commit murder. And then um, Kaede was trying to kill the Mastermind, aka Moogs, yeah. even though we do have that funky, like, thing where it's like we find out later that it's not actually kaede right um right. obviously but that's sort of a conversation True. for later i feel it's more just like how it's unfolded to the audience um right yeah 
Yeah, interesting. So Smoogie is the actual pillar in B3. Yeah, that's true. No. Huh. Wow. Makes yeah. you think. Makes you think. Makes you think. All right, everybody, we're going to take a quick break before we hop right on into chapter two of all of the games and talking about their similarities. But before we do, we want to let you know that if you want to make sure you're notified of our episode every week, make sure you subscribe on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen. And we have a bunch of cool bonus episodes on our Patreon if you want to check us out there. The link is in the episode description. And we have a lot of cool stuff on there. Anyone a Taylor Swift fan? Because um, there's a Taylor Swift episode on there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be right back after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Just a heads up as we head into this second chapter discussion that we are going to be covering some themes of depression and suicide. So um, if you got to turn off the episode here at this halfway point, uh, please feel free to do so. And we'll see you next week when we dive into chapter three. And we're back. We're back and it's time for chapter two. (laughs) I feel like there's more, even more to unpack with the chapter two chapters. do you guys yeah. feel the same? Yeah, I do. Yeah. The themes explored cuz chapter 1 it's almost impossible for like especially with a fresh group of people to like have a whole lot of themes to unpack because we don't know the characters very well, but now we are starting to know the people very well because we've went through one trial with them. And so yeah, Maddie, totally true, totally true. Um I can start out by just saying each of these games for chapter two have a lot of rules the rules are key in chapter two uh because game one we've got the bathroom rules um Mm -hmm. with gender uh game two uh we've got rules about littering rules about you know the outhouse or i guess it wasn't an outhouse what was it like a the shower room (laughs) yeah (laughs) and then game three we have all of the rules about the pool, uh, nighttime rules, that sort of stuff. So yeah, game two in terms of the case followed a very uh, loophole-esque uh, murder. True. Yeah. yeah. Right, right. It's also interesting to me that water is very present, a, a present motif. In, in all of them. Because there's you know it happens in the the locker in game one it happens in the locker room of the pool in game two it happens at a beach house on the ocean and game three it happens across the The pool pool. (laughs) (laughs) um and then Ryoma goes swimming with the fishes um but yeah so that's funny I like that just feels like a thing maybe that maybe doesn't mean anything but maybe it does who knows but yeah i the rules thing is definitely and the loophole thing too because what 
struck me as being interesting between game two and three was um, the fact that like things that were not supposed to be used for deduction ended up being used for deduction. Like in game two, the body discovery announcement, the timing of when that came off, when that went off helped to figure out how many people were present when the person was originally killed, like how many people had seen the body first. And then in game three, there was that moment when like the Mana Cubs revealed that like the, the killer had like gone to them and asked them about like the rules and about what their plan was like. And they let that slip. And so that helped the rest of the people figure it out, which I don't know. It's true. There's also the common theme in chapter two of identity reveals and um, those identity reveals having a huge impact on the rest of the game. Like one of the characters or a few of the characters are quite impacted by that change of identity. So in the first game, we've got Chihiro. We find out that Chihiro is not um, biologically uh, male or female. We find out that he's biologically male, um, which is a huge part of that plot. Um, and then we have um, in the second, oh, and we have Genocide Jack and Toko. Yeah, and that affects the game till the end. In the game two, we have the reveal of Peko and Fuyuhiko having a previous relationship before going into the game, and that impacts Fuyuhiko throughout the rest of the game, and that whole trial and her legacy and everything is hanging over his head the whole time. And in game three, um, we have the reveal of Kurumi being a prime minister. <laughs> Literally a <laughs> prime minister. And... Yeah, and I was going to say, and Maki as well. Yes, and Maki an being assassin the assassin. Revealed. Right. That is so true. Oh, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. And there's always some unknown information to the player. There's always some guessing aspect of it, like the Mondo with the coat and the jacket color and how Kyoko tricks him into saying that, um, even yeah. though Byakuya knew the whole time that it was him and probably would have told the group for so the, for the sake of his own life. Um, yeah, and then we've got um, that, again, kind of Petko and Fuyuhiko having this relationship and knowing that, you know, and, and it's impossible to solve the rest of the thing unless you kind of know that information. And then similarly with game three, we find out um, there's like, I, I, what was it? There's another thing in game three where there's like a guessing aspect, like it's like they don't know for sure. That was with the Monocubs with um, yes. the yeah Monosuke saying right um, that someone had asked him for whether the one thing broke the rules or not. Yes, that's right. That's right. And also, um, like even Shuichi lying and saying that he heard Maki. Like, there's also that I don't know that kind of feeds into that too. Anyway, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I would also argue for the reveals of characters that we hadn't seen before um for the most part you could make an argument that someone else revealed that characterization so in game one we have Byakuya revealing that toko is the assassin in game two um i would need to double check this information but i think fuyuhiko was pretty um imperative in the revealing of peko as having an assassin's capabilities um and then in game three um, I would say that Kokichi uh, revealed that Maki was an assassin. Um, but you could further that argument and say that 
those people or someone accused those people within the trial and obviously game two it's accurate that peko did do the murder but in game one and game three i would like to make the you know accusation that biakuya outed toto toto (laughs) Um, oh no we're not in kansas anymore (laughs) hope's peak academy (laughs) Biakia revealed Toko as being an assassin potentially to save her that he pointed out that that was the way that Toko killed to then point out the differences in the case that they saw versus the case that Toko normally or I should say genocide Jack normally performs as like the, the way that she kills didn't match and same in v3 where Kaito says like or I'm sorry, Maki says, like, no, we should examine me and proved that, like, she wasn't able to do right. it. Like, those people were put into the spotlight to see whether or not they could uh, could have done it. It's true. Yeah, yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, yeah. You know, one thing that I thought was interesting up to this point as well is the manner of death of each of the victims. Because in game one and two, for the first two cases, the manner of death lines up. In trial one, it's stabbing. So Sayaka was stabbed. The ultimate imposter was stabbed, you know. And then in trial two, it's blunt force trauma to the head with Chihiro getting smacked with a dumbbell and... Mahiro getting smacked with the baseball bat. And then in V3 is where it starts to deviate with Rentaro having been killed by getting smacked over the noggin and Ryoma getting drowned, which is interesting to me that it seems like they were on like a parallel and then veered off veered off the tracks a little bit. I don't know. I don't know yeah. if that was intentional again, but yeah. To your point though, Ryoma was hit in the head prior to being drowned that's true that's true yeah 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 i was not stabbed though right that's true i mean you're (laughs) you're absolutely right stabbed in the back (laughs) got him got him but you know what they say you know what bring me the horizon says marin (laughs) true friends stab you in the front (laughs) are they okay Every quote you've given me is no. like significantly <laughs> sad. No, they're they're like an emo metal band. They're not okay. <laughs> Petition to give them all one hug. Um, but also, I mean, like Kaede at her execution was stabbed, and she's the real victim, right? In a way, I mean, oh, her, true. yeah, 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 true. When the when Just all thought. the thorns go, right, smoosher. Lots of stabs. She probably would have been, this is so morbid, but she probably would have been dead from the noose first, though, before that happened. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All the victims were also murdered and then moved. So, like, Chihiro was murdered and then Byakuya found his body and moved it and staged it. And then um, Mahiru was hit and then dragged and positioned in that way. Mm -hmm. And then Ryoma was killed and then moved. Ziplined across the pool. And, and, sorry, I think you mean rope-wayed across. (laughs) (laughs) 
so sorry, but um, I need you to use the correct language when referring to. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody says ropeway. No, I have never in my life heard ropeway. Who the hell Trim- made that choice? Anyway, it's gonna be my mission nuts. to use that in like a. <laughs> hey guys, I'm thanks sorry. for coming to listen to our episode. We'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> and then at the next episode, I'm just not there. Mm. Right, right. Okay. Just like we had to hey kick Maddie off. We um we don't want to get into it. Um, everything is fine, <laughs> but Maddie will not be continuing with us on the podcast. <laughs> she made one too many D's nuts jokes. <laughs> Cause of death, D's nuts. What were the um what were the mo- the motives for all of these? Were also sort of surrounded by secrecy. Like there's yeah. the like monopad swaparoo, and then the. Swaparoo. I don't know um and the and the secrets like the literal like secrets and then the um the uh like game and and how like there's a test of trust with yeah, all yeah. of those aspects and i feel like this is like really the case that really solidifies like the relationships between all the people in the game as well like this is the game where kaito For and sure. shuichi start being buddhas and we kind of start seeing Kaito like Maki a little bit, I think, or like have a little soft spot for her. And, uh, and yeah, and just relationships are more established. Everyone's roles in the game are solidified because trial want to get a sort of like a like bait and switch, you know, every time. So, yeah. <laughs> in terms no, of so the motive, true. I would also like to point out that there is like a theme of all the characters being like do we or do we not go with this because like in in game one there's a suggestion that everyone i think it might be taka who suggested it that everyone just share their secrets right now right here right now so there's no more motive anymore just everyone share them now um and people are not willing to do that um but then in game two it's like, okay, do we go and play this Twilight Syndrome murder series or do we not? Do we ignore it or do we play it? Like, should we all play it? Should we all be on the same page or should we pretend it doesn't exist? And then game three, do we watch the videos or do we not watch the videos? Let's all agree not to watch them, but then Gokichi's going to try to force us all to watch them. And it's Ooh. like, <laughs> in all of those cases, people don't come to the agreement to all mutually just share the information so we're all on the same page that never happens right like no one agrees to share their secrets some people are like no i'm gonna stay away from this game we shouldn't play it we shouldn't play it and then people are going and playing it in secret Mm -hmm. um and then in game three everyone agrees to not watch the videos and then people start watching them and sharing them in secret blah 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 so (laughs) but what's most interesting to me out of all that is that hajime is the only one out of the three protagonists, I would say, who like deviates and goes behind everyone's back and is like, I'm going to go play this game. Because Shuichi never looks for his motive video. He doesn't mm. bother. And Makoto, I think, unless I'm remembering wrong, is willing to share his secret. And mm-hmm. but but Hajime is the one who's like, no, I'm, I'm actually going to go play the game, but I don't want anyone to know. And that's interesting to me. Mm, that's a good point. I don't know Mm -hmm. if Makoto was willing to share. I think he was, I don't know if he ever got presented with the opportunity to share. I think it was more like at the end of the case that he was like, wow, like my secret was wedding the bed. Like that was so much less than anyone else's secret. (laughs) But I don't know that he knew that. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. 
But the differences between Hajime and Shuichi in their very similar predicaments, very different responses, that True. was really interesting to me. Yeah, because Shuichi never even, like, we never even really see Shuichi struggle with the conflict of should I or should I not go seek out my he, own He just never deal. even... It doesn't come up. Yeah. 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 Whereas Which... Makoto was like, okay, I have this, I'll watch it. And in game two, Hajime was like, yeah, I'll look and see what this is, even though it probably doesn't have to do with me. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, right. you're so right. Yeah. It's true. There's also always someone in the trial room who knows who did it. Like, that's a huge part of this as well. So we have Byakuya knows it's Mondo. He saw him do it. Um, Fihiko knows it's Peko. He was there when she did it. And um, and then I guess game three is the one weird one with that. But I think it, I mean, it all comes back to Monosuke for me. I think he, you know, again, like so that, you know, n- that person who knows that information is sort of like the guarantee almost that that person won't get away with it um and you could totally make the argument that in game three kaito knew quote unquote it wasn't other people like the knowledge was like just the gut feeling of saying i know it's not these ones which left only one yeah it's true um i have a comparison which is that all of the killers killed for someone else um i think the weakest argument that with that would be mondo um Mm -hmm. just because i would defend that as mondo was killing for his brother to protect that secret of someone else or i i don't know that one's a little bit weaker but uh mahiru or sorry peko killed for fuyuhiko even though he didn't ask for it and Karumi killed for everyone, even though <laughs> they did ask for it. I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know. Something interesting. True. And also the victims have sort of this unresolved trauma, too. Yeah. Like, we have, mm-hmm. like, Jihiro mm-hmm. sort of dealing with, like, this um, inferiority complex, almost, um, which is never resolved, even though he then makes the decision to like work on it um which is like the saddest i hate when character plot lines like there's character growth and then like their like growth plot is like cut short it's like oh like hyoko cries forever at that but anyway um and then in trial two it's like mahiru i mean i i think mahiru is queer and i think that there is some like grappling with those feelings like with hyoko in that chapter in my opinion again that's sort of like a little more of a stretch but i think there is just some unresolved trauma also about her role in this whole twilight syndrome situation right which we find out yeah. more about in the anime um and then in game three it's um ryoma dealing with his worthlessness and and this idea that like he his life is not worth living yeah i wrote down a lot the victim's asked for advice on how to improve on those things as well from Mm. from the characters around them like Ryoma asked Shuichi for advice on how to improve emotionally he's like how do you do it like you know like I want I want to be like you and Chihiro asked Mondo for advice on how to you know improve physically and yeah I don't know necessarily that Mahiru had reached out to anyone that we're aware of but I could almost make an argument the other way where Peko might have been trying to improve like psychologically by making a choice for herself 
Mm-hmm. Um, and she thought it was a choice maybe for Fuyuhiko, but she made a choice by herself for the first time um, from what we've seen. And so that could have been her like striving to be something more than what was. Um, yeah. True. There's also this theme of like honor as well between all of the um, killers, like Mondo honoring his gang, which is a very like in his hierarchy of like what has power over him that's number one and then we have peko honoring the family that she works for and then we have kurumi honoring her nation and like kind of being in the honor the most honored position um in the country yeah that's a huge reason why these people i think like yeah thought that they could and take it into their own hands even though mondos was kind of in a rage i think that there is sort of that aspect of like him being like, oh, well, you know, I have to keep my honor and keep my brother's honor, you know, and I'm going to murder. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I always forget Mondo's a killer. Isn't that terrible? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A lot of them are killers. so like unfortunate, I know. you know, like yeah. it was just so off the wall. Like you talk about most in the moment decisions. Oh gosh, I, I know. I think he takes the cake. Like, Mm-hmm. yeah yeah you're absolutely yeah. correct mm-hmm. ziggy is sleeping on my monokuma onesie right now and he um should. he is also black and white this is my cat for our listeners um <laughs> and it he he's like the ultra hope girls mascot right now dongarompa has monokuma ultra hope girls have ziggy <laughs> ziggy will i have not nothing ask us to murder no, he will not. He actually only asks for cuddles and head pats. Which is better than murder. Yeah, I would say that that, mm, well. <laughs> just kidding. Um, I have I nothing have more one... to say. No, go ahead. The man, it's time. It, it's very weird and obscure, um, as it should be. There are a lot of baseball references in each chapter of chapter two, which you'd be like, Aaron, Leon's dead. And I'd be like, you're right. Um, but Himiko says that she doesn't play baseball when they're talking about like, whose team do you play for? She's like, I don't play baseball. Like completely missing that reference. Kaito says throwing Ryoma is not like throwing a baseball. There is a bat in game two. That is the murder mm-hmm. weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I actually don't have anything written down for game one. So you're right. Leon's dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Classic. Oh man. Yeah. Cool guys. Let's do a boo-boo-boo. A boo boo Um hmm, we could do all the The murder the, the assassins. Oh. Toko, oh, Peko, oh, oh, and oh. Maki. That's brilliant. Love it. Toko, Peko, Maki. Or I guess oh. I guess Toko slash genocide jack isn't really an assassin. But they're a package deal. Serial killer. That's package true. deal. She's, I just mean like serial killer rather than assassin. True, but she assassinates terrible men. You could also make the argument that Peko is teetering on assassin line and more of like hitman. Hitman, that's the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Am I just saying um, synonyms at this point? And we're forgetting about the real serial killer of game three. Kellogg. What? The the real serial killer of game three? (laughs) Yeah. I just named a serial killer. Oh my god. Yes, that's right. Oh my god. Oh yeah. 
when was he a serial killer oh i re- i remember we he's haven't gotten to that friends chapter. for his sister oh my god that <laughs> chapter his sister. we are we need to we need to cover that another time <laughs> yeah, no. don't you now we don't kill... have time to unpack all what'd you say don't you have to kill multiple people in the same way to be like a serial killer i don't think i have like, to be the same rules? method well um yeah i mean most serial killers have an mo as they say in criminal minds um (laughs) however um he just kills multiple people he kills serially you know yeah i I would say the syntax would be interesting to to look into well there are serial killers like a spree killer right there are serial killers in criminal minds though that um like the only thing is that they have to kill to fulfill something that they don't have like they feel like they they've lost and and correct you it feels like like what drives him mm-hmm. is his need to give his sister friends i, I, would, I would say he's a serial killer call him a serial killer absolutely did he kill before this thing the game i don't remember yeah that. i think it's implied yeah. that he did yes because he he's like then, yeah, he's like oh I've, I've i'm so close to reaching 100 friends for right. my sister <laughs> oh, oh, i forgot point. about that There's a lot of people yeah yeah he is crazy i love him oh my god why is he so wild though he he really so makes scary. choices mm. yeah. he do he do be making those choices yeah yeah oh um all right so i think i'm ready for bed bud behead i think i have my answers do you Marin? oh i, don't I have know. not thought about it at all i'll be completely uh, honest with you okay yes i do oh no caroline i do asleep. too I do too. Sorry, I had to like double check my thoughts. I I have mine. Maddie's going first. Okay. I think I have my answer. I think I would. I think I'd be head Maki. I think she's honestly like the least out of the three. I think she's the least interesting to me. And I just I don't know. Um, I think I would bed pecco because she's beautiful and wed toko if you can believe it um because yeah after especially after ultra despair girls toko's grown on me a lot and she has her little oddities but i think that we could it would be a weird relationship but i think that we could make it work yeah <laughs> caroline you're up next okay i would behead pecco yeah i just don't wow. i don't I know, but I just don't feel very like in this group of people. I would prefer, I think, either of the other options. I think I would bed. Oh my God. Okay. I think I would bed Toko and Genocide Jack, I guess. I don't know. At the same time, <laughs> not sure what the, how that would work. But yeah, I mean, you know, I think again, kind of, I think, um, again, like Maddie said, after replaying Ultra Despair Girls, I feel like I'm like, yeah, like, like Toko's matured and it could be fun, you know, if the vibes were there, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then I would wed Maki. I love her. I, she reminds me so much of Sarah. Sometimes I just can't help but like, I, I just can't help but see Sarah and her sometimes, so I, I would I would let her. That's cute. That's um cute. I would behead Coco. 
yeah. I love her. I just it's more the decision for the other two, I feel like, than anything yeah. against Toko. If that These makes are sense. great people. We have great yeah. pals. I mean, like, this is such a good prompt with these three. Like, it's a good, good group. Um, I didn't feel like there was an obvious out for that yeah. one, but I would wed Peko and bed Maki um, because I think that I like with relationships, I like to work for it a little bit, but I'm not super into people who are like mean to push away like Peko I feel like is more quiet and reserved and that would be like a fun long-term relationship whereas Maki I feel like is very like unopen to I don't know so I personally had canon that Maki and Kaito like each other and she calls him like an idiot all the time which is if that's what they want to do that's fine but like that's just not for me so (laughs) (laughs) she is i mean she's hot like (laughs) the long-winded way of saying um yeah Yeah. that goes my wife my wife that goes my wife my wife wife. i like how we all pick different people to wed that's pretty cool and different people to behead and and bed we picked all different answers yeah Whoa. crazy crazy spread in the love spread in the love all right everybody thank you so much for tuning into this episode of ultra hope girls we're so glad that you're here and let us know your thoughts on these two trials and let us know if we missed anything we probably did honestly there's just so much to unpack Feel free to reach out to us on our website at ultrahopegirls.com or follow us on Twitter or Instagram or TikTok. We're Ultra Hope Girls Podcast pretty much everywhere. And if you want to be part of the conversation all the time directly with us, join our Patreon. The lowest tier is just $2 a month. And at the $5 a month tier, you get to join our Patreon Discord server, which is pretty fun. The vibes are immaculate. So come hang out. And yeah, we appreciate you all so much. And thank you so much for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye. 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 Bye.